0: at SFM Radio and at Pimelo Mutile on Twitter. right, 20 minutes to 3 to 2 o'clock. Thank you so much for staying with us. So the the ladies and gentlemen at Black Sash have been raising flags around payment by Sasa of grants, usually would be around 1,860, to people living with disability and also accepting new applications for those grants. They are saying that there has not been processing of new applications. In fact, people have been asked to apply for the 350 grant instead. Uh, Evashne Naidu is a manager at human rights organization Black Sash, based in uh, KwaZulu-Natal office. Evashne, thank you so much for joining us. Just give us the background story here uh, with this uh, Sasa case. What have you been seeing and, and how many of these people have come to you?
1: Um, so thank you so much for giving us the airtime. As you know, when when South Africa went into lockdown. SESFA offices were closed to the public. Yes. This meant that nobody could actually physically go to any SESFA office to either apply for any new grants or even follow up on any queries, etc., um, on, on existing grants and stuff like that. And that was when Black Sash started getting calls from beneficiaries who were affected by just being on the point of, of being referred to a district surgeon or a SESA, um appointed doctor, for their medical assessment in order to be able to apply for their disability grant. And what was happening at that point is that there was no opportunity for them to get any feedback because, of course, um, they were not able to physically go into a SASA office. Mm -hmm. Um, When we raised this issue with SASA, SASA then said to us, Obviously, under level five restrictions, so the local offices were closed, and then they were obviously unable to provide any grant application services at that time. So, With the moving down of level four, they did start reopening offices, But they were then only attending to old age grant applications on Mondays and Tuesdays and child support and foster child grant applications on Wednesdays and Thursdays. And this again raised a flag for us because it meant, again, disability grant applicants would not be able to um, continue with the application process. The reasoning from SAFSA side on that was because of um, the nature of the assessment, it meant that a applicant would have to go into a healthcare facility like um, a hospital in order to be assessed by either the SAFSA contracted doctor or the Department of Health doctors who were um, doing these assessments. This would put the beneficiary at risk and this would also cause a strain on an already struggling health system. And this is why the decision was taken that no new disability grant applications would be processed within this time.
0: I mean, you must be like me looking at this irony, right? So here's a government that <laughs> says they care. And then at the same they we care that you don't get ill. We care not to burden the health system, but we don't care enough to process your application.
1: Or find an alternative to ensure your safety and your health and dignity in the
2: process. This um, is quite what, alarming.
0: So, yeah. so where does the three hundred and fifty grant uh, come in? Have they been directing these people to go and seek three hundred and fifty grants?
1: Yes. So, when because applicants were obviously not able to process. And, and follow the application process for the disability grant, or for, for instance, during lockdown when, when all offices were closed for any other grant, people were then asked to rather apply for the 350. And obviously, as you know, that's a significant difference in terms of what you would have been able to access. What was fortunate, though, was that those people who would have fallen off the grant in terms of the temporary disability grants were actually still kept on the grant and will continue to be paid um, at least until October 20. 20, uh, 20 in terms of the current regulation.
0: sure. So where do we stand now when when will they start processing these applications do you know have you had any response? Well, in terms of stress
1: um, uh, notifications, they did say to us that they would um, ha- obviously go to the media and alert um, the communities when they were coming. So maybe you might be the better place wow. to tell us if you've had that alert, because no. we certainly haven't. And in terms of our day-to-day monitoring at local offices and, and, and what beneficiaries are sharing with us, thus far all beneficiaries that do want to apply for the, the disability grant are being pushed onto the 350 grant. And um, dates are given three months or till October Cetera, but there is no fixed date yet that we have directly received from, from any uh, beneficiary assessor
0: office. We've been trying to get hold of them, Ivashni. I'm asking because maybe, mm-hmm. you know, you've got a direct line to somebody. I'm just checking. <laughs> <laughs> we were not getting any joy. Do, do you have a sense when you speak to them that they will be retrospective, these payments, when eventually they kick in? if a person is able to prove that they were eligible from, I don't know, since three uh, within months ago? That,
1: I, you know, th- that, that's the tricky part because um, according to a medical assessment, first and foremost, in order for that application to go through, that medical assessment uh, has to be valid for a period of three months. So if somebody had an assessment mm. in March, mm. that is not um, Your, going to fly yeah. if they uh, open up in October. It yeah, exactly. So I, I, I highly doubt that there is going to be such a thing as a retrospective payment. unfortunately.
0: What's the way forward? What, what are you planning your next steps to be? So we have been in touch with other civil society partners
1: as well who, who have also wanted to take up this issue. And obviously we feel, we, we do understand, especially now with, with the COVID-19 impact and our numbers rising incrementally across the country, particularly in hotspot areas. There are alternatives, obviously, that, that government can be can put in place. So, for instance, one of the things that we, we would have liked is sh- uh, surely it doesn't, the, this is a health assessment. If a beneficiary is... Um, is suffering from an ailment. This beneficiary is probably coming into a clinic or a hospital for a checkup. Mm-hmm. So one of the ways you could uh, mediate this is during that time you could put in their assessment as well. Yeah. Um, to, to, to mitigate this, and in order to cut out paperwork and stuff like that, you could possibly put in an online assessment system that the doctor could could possibly fill in. The other thing would be like if a person has drug resistant TB or other infections um, that can be controlled, but but uh, that makes them incapable to work. Can you not automatically qualify this person person for a disability grant without any other further medical assessments? Um, other things that could be like if you if you want to maintain the health facilities, particularly for COVID, and because there's the a huge risk there, um, couldn't we look at alternatives like mobile clinics, gazebos, um, you know, other sites set up, particularly for assessments um, that could minimize, um, you know, people being in contact with each other and forms of COVID um, transmission and that kind of thing. So, so there are alternatives that we hope um, can be picked up. And um, government can look at this as a way of mitigating this harm. Because one of the challenges is that somebody who is um, suffering from some kind of disability, particularly with COVID, would have far more greater need mm. due to the comorbidity rather than you know uh, an ordinary person who's just unemployed and, and looking at the three hundred and fifty fifty God as a form of income to put food on the table whereas a, a disabled person would require medication, good nutrition and, and, and other reasons for needing the larger amount of income than, than, than somebody else. If,
0: if, actually, if Let me ask if you don't mind for me to open the lines because I'm sure there are a lot of people who've had uh, experiences they may want to share or ask for your advice 0891 104 because this is something that I think we, we are seeing more and more. I don't know whether the issue is with capacity Sasa. We are seeing a lot of hoop- mm-hmm. loopholes there. And uh, mm-hmm. I, I think you are a stakeholder that wants solutions rather than sitting here and saying, well, it is what it is. So we'll engage mm-hmm. with you further. 891 is the number to dial, or you can send us a WhatsApp note on 0614-104-107. Life Happens with Pimelo Mutine on SAFM, leading the conversation. I'm in conversation with Ivashne Naidu, who is a manager at human rights organization Black Sash, and she's at the KZN office. And really, they're just trying to bring our attention to the fact that Sasa has not yet processed new applications for people living with a disability for disability grants, which would ordinarily come in at 1,860 uh, 1, rand, and instead directing them to apply for the 350 COVID-19 emergency grant. I mean, that obviously, as you Can see very big differences there. And and we're just trying to see what the way forward is here. None of us knows when things will change, when that uh, application processing will begin again. (laughs) Ivashni was saying, I should know. I don't know. We've been trying to get hold of Sasa. We were hoping she knows. But Ivashni, you seem to me like you have already thought through what the solutions would be. Are they receiving some of these thoughts because a bit of a, a bit of what comes through with government lately was that th- there seems to be acknowledgement of the fact that they have been teething problems. They're getting some things wrong. They want to fix them. Are you getting that the sort of the sense that that's what they're saying to you or are you being dismissed completely? Um, to be honest, we
1: do have a, a great working relationship with SAFSA, so we are able to escalate matters as needed. I think the, the, the challenge, though, is that because this is such a national problem, yeah. and there are probably thousands of beneficiaries that are affected by the fact that they are not able to apply for this grant during this time, I think SAFSA is po- possibly lacking the capacity to have to deal with this. As we know, they have to put in a system for the COVID special grant within um, less than a month and in order to roll that up, and, and we know we're still um, uncovering those teething challenges. So, I think to, to possibly put in place some of the recommendations that we've made, as well as Doctors Without Borders and other civil society organizations, it, it would need resources, time, and capacity. And I think possibly that's the thing that's overwhelming. SASA, because, they, and, and also SASA cannot do this in isolation. Mm. This has to be done directly with the Department of Health as well, because it is their doctors. Yeah. Um, that are also at the front line of doing the assessment. So it needs to be an intergovernmental approach that um, will deal with this aspect.
0: I wonder, Evashni, from your experience, what are the chances, because I was also seeing this yesterday, that... a lot of healthcare workers are, are battling and so the, mm-hmm. we are fewer now and so there's obviously quite a, a strain on the Department of Health but in terms mm-hmm. of the private sector and those who mm-hmm. were running uh, private practices mm-hmm. and I know that mm-hmm. they they're doing less now they're saying that there are less people coming through because people are just afraid what mm-hmm. what's the possibility of roping those in to possibly see these people uh, yes they will not get the price you know the kind of rates that they would ordinarily get but is there is there a possibility of engaging those private um, practices to say maybe I would think, you see those people? I think definitely.
1: I mean, SASA itself um, has admitted that they have about 400 Doctors that they contract nationally to deal with this issue. And again, if beneficiaries themselves are nervous about uh, physically going to a doctor's office, you know, because I think that's one of the most scariest places right now that any of us would want to go to, um, we could look at things like, um, you know, doing a virtual consultation or a telephonic consultation, Mm. um, you know, something standardized across the country that would give SAFSA the necessary information that they would need in order to process these applications. So I, I think there are always alternatives with as minimal risk as possible mm. to, to the, the beneficiary, to the healthcare professionals as well as to the healthcare facilities itself. Mm.
0: Naledi, you're calling us from Gauteng. Where in Gauteng are you, Naledi? Good afternoon. Uh,
2: All I'm right. in Alberton.
0: All right, you're in Alberton. Go ahead, Naledi.
2: You know, I, I, I'm listening at you right now. You're talking about Sasa. For the life of me, I just don't understand him Mr. Gideon. And Dosimamena. You know, we have been assisting people to apply for these 350 grants. Mm-hmm. The systems are not working, they're hanging. And you should see the post offices. I was around Pretoria about a week ago. You should see the queues in the townships. Mm-hmm. And those people, some of them, they walk from far away mm-hmm. to apply for those grants. What I don't understand, they've got the WhatsApp system, that WhatsApp, there's a robot. And that robot, the way it's programmed, and there's a, a, a SSD number, that star 134 number, that system, it doesn't even give you an option if you put an ID number to say, okay, this is where your status is at. It just tells you the application for this ID number already exists, and it, adds there. And it gets better, Pimelo. Dial that 800 60 10, 11 number. It doesn't get through. What I'm asking myself, why is Ramaphosa keeping these two? And Memela and same as Zulu, they've got the nerve to do interviews and make uninformed commitments, and they never deliver. And people are hungry, Pemela. Mm. You know, it, it, I mean, I'm so frustrated mm. right now on behalf of those people. Mm. You know, now I mean, I'm asking myself, why are they there? Why are they getting paid? Mm. if people have to suffer like this. You know, I've seen people who work from far away, to go to a post office. Mm. If you don't believe me. No, I do. Get your journalists on the ground. Let them go Mm. to those post offices and see those people. And they have to stand there the whole day. They are hungry. The pace at which The post office is working, It's slower than a snake. And then right now, it's how many hours before close time. How many times have those people have to kill them? Hmm.
0: Now, lady, really appreciate your call. Why are they there? Ivashni, I mean, I, I just have to tell you that the number of SMSs we get and WhatsApps that we get every day with somebody just crying about mm. the, you know, how they it's have sent in the application, they're not mm. getting even the 350 mm. uh, grant mm. itself. And you're saying you, you, you've got a good relationship with Sasa. I do understand that they're overwhelmed, but I, I'm not getting the sense that we're looking at alternative methods of dealing with the problem. Mm -hmm. One of the biggest
1: challenges in terms of access is that this 350 grant is an online platform Mm. that also automatically leaves out so So many many of our people in this country. We're talking about network issues. We're talking about data issues. We're talking about just having a cell phone. Another access issue that we can share with you is that using the USSD platform is all well and good to get into the system. But then when you get to your banking details, it's an online link um hmm. the people that are applying for this may not necessarily have smartphone smartphones. yeah you know, so we, uh, just to also share that from the Black Sasha's perspective, we are working in conjunction with our partners in the advice office sector as well with um, SCAT in, in, in the Western Cape where we are monitoring the the systematic issues within the the challenges to accessing this grant and we escalate these issues on a daily basis um, to all levels within Sasha so that we can try and put um, remedies in place so that these issues don't keep happening because we are seeing them ourselves. We are monitoring ourselves and we're on the ground with these particular issues ourselves as well.
0: When we find answers, we'll also let you know, (laughs) Ivashni. Thank Thank you. you. Thanks for talking to us and thank you for the work that you're doing, Ivashni Naidu, who's manager at human uh, rights organisation Black Sash. She's at the KZN office and uh, they're really trying to push as hard as they can to try and get Sasa to start processing those disability grants and and I suppose many other grants because they do that. Um, As we know up until now, no disability grants have been processed since lockdown and uh, people have been direct Directed to applying for the 350 COVID emergency grant. I mean, you can see there that there's just a big gap there. Um, but we'll keep you posted, and, and we have reached out to Sasa. We are still waiting, and when we do get them, we'll bring them on. It's 2 o'clock. It's uh, time for the very latest in SABC News with Utzile Saku.